to episode 16 of Movie Mumble. We hope you're having a happy new year so far. Uh, this is our first episode of 2019. Woo. Welcome. Oh, shit. Oh, the future is awesome, isn't it, guys? <laughs> oh, man. Pew, Look at those pew. flying cars out there. <laughs> pew, pew. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. Uh, this cycle has no theme. Uh, we went through a couple of calendar-themed cycles that were extra, and before then we had, of course, our favorite films cycle this one's just back to form back to standard uh three films no rules <laughs> movie mumble is our um, three films one cup <laughs> three films enter one film leaves uh, for those of you not aware uh movie mumble is a monthly movie exploration and discussion podcast where us three idiots take turns picking films watching them and then talking about them and that's it uh typically there are no rules we can pick films that are new or old uh, familiar or uh, unknown, animated or live action, really just whatever we want to watch. Uh, that's the idea. We're hoping to broaden our cinematic horizons and find new joy in film with the company of good friends. So uh, we pick in order. Joel picks, then I pick, then Tim. And for the beginning of this cycle, Joel kicked us off with Bronson. Boy, did I. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Why to kick off? I think Tim's. What did? You, what was your summation? I don't know what that was. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just like, the end of the, the end it of was, the. It was. It was a thing. thing. Right. End I don't know what thing. that thing was, but <laughs> it was, it was a thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so Joel, uh, as always, we ask couple of questions first why did you bring this movie to us and second what brought this movie into your life in any order please so when we first dis- dis- were discussing the idea of doing a movie podcast this was the film that immediately came to mind it's one that a lot of people have heard of but nobody's seen mm. I was I was like have you seen Bronson I'm like oh no it's on my list it's way down on my list so mm. that's why I brought it um it's it's been in the back of my mind as a pick for as long as the podcast has been going on. Yeah. Um, how it came into my life, I believe I was just kind of looking at um, independent movie trailers online, and I saw the trailer for Bronson, and one of the uh, taglines, and I mean it was a stylish trip, like the trailer got me in anyway, but it it was compared in one of the the review taglines to Clockwork Orange in the same. Nihilistic, hyper-violent, but stylized and set to music. I was like, okay, that that is what is going to happen. And I watched it, and then I watched it again, and I watch it like every three months. <laughs> it's it's an insane. It, it just it's in my head. I I it's it's awesome. I like it quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But we should move on to our yes. longest uh, reoccurring segment. So, uh, <laughs> well, no, it's not. It's no, after situational we, movies. We, um, <laughs> the person who chose the movie flips this coin, this simply glorious uh, silver dollar that Joel has, and the person choosing next, which is me in this case, calls it in the air, and then the winner gets to decide who gets to gets to slash has to <laughs> describe the film. Um, I guess we're trying to avoid having the movie picker describe the film, although yeah. I, I don't know if we ever set that in stone. Um, I think it was just a way to, to make a coin flip sound a part of it. <laughs> and since no, there are three of us and only two sides to the coin. No, but it's, it's the, the winner will, will pick who describes. So uh, Joel picked, so he will be tossing, and uh, I'm next up, so I will be calling. Uh, goes ahead, Joel. 
Heads. It is tails. All right, Tim. Scott. All right, Scott. Um, <laughs> Almost no hesitation. Uh, no, I, it's it, it's a it's a it's a biopic. At its basic, it's you know this man Charles Bronson, the most violent criminal in Britain. Uh, Charles Bronson being a chosen name, and it's absurd. It was a biopic, so it covers the sum course of his life from the start to first involved in crime to what he liked about it to what kept him there to why he kept and but they could have just made the film more like any other biopic you've ever seen. I guess I. I you know, a sequence of events told well with great acting and writing, but but they didn't. They did, they, on purpose, they didn't. Events are there. We talk about them. There's this narrative framework of Bronson on a stage telling his life story to people. But because of that, really, because it's Bronson telling us, it's not just like reading a Wikipedia article. There are things that we just skip over, gloss over, whole events, that whole rooftop what was it, rooftop protest or what have you at the one place? At Broadmoor Asylum. They cut in real TV footage there. Yeah. That was, actual you know, footage his, of the historical man. moment. And he sort of glosses over his, oh yeah, I did my rooftop protest there. It was great. Because he's, he's much more proud about, ah, oh, they called me the most expensive criminal to keep. <laughs> you know, about, about what it was that that wrought afterwards. They could have told this more, I won't say, it wasn't incoherent. It was coherent. They could have told it more traditionally, a little more clearly, you know, could have been less oblique about it. But to paint a picture of a man like this in such a typical way would have been a disservice, a misrepresentation, you know? Like if you were to try to make a film about Salvador Dali, you'd want to take cues from Unchean Angelou. You wouldn't want to make just another regular old straightforward film. So, Great reference, by the way. <laughs> that, that one sticks with you when you see it. And Delusion uh-huh. Dog, yeah, for sure. Uh, Dolly helped to make that film. And so it's uh, very strange, because you know, Dolly's work was strange. Wicked, twisted. So that's what I mean. You, you want to sort of to evoke the work, the nature of the person, in the way the film is presented, the way the story is told. I did that here very well. Uh, it's it, it changes style and almost quick enough to give you whiplash <laughs> but it keeps a keeps a consistent tone which helps keep you with it and it's all because it's what what's coming through Bronson's eyes really uh, Hardy's phenomenal of course I mean I know that's old news now at the, at the <laughs> at, in 2019 that Tom Hardy is great but but oh boy is he great <laughs> I mentioned that he acts a lot with his mouth in this so it was uh, whoever watched this and thought that he could do that in reverse and be Bane just they really they really saw something genius in there um I mean uh, yeah that's it it's a portrait of a criminal a portrait of a person of a violent and strange man hard for us to wrap our heads around and filtered through the lens of a camera what does he say you can't pin me down yeah that I mean, Towards the it, end of it's the, the epitome of that. I, I feel like he can't pin himself down almost. Right. I, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I feel like I'm going to talk a lot, so... Well, but it's your pick, and it, I'm glad that you brought us the film that came to mind mm-hmm. with the concept, because we talked about this before, maybe not in a good while, but with my 
my first pick, our second film, The Skycrawlers, was one of two or three films I had in mind that are just hard to convince people to watch. Not because of any any fault on any end, it just it's hard they're hard to explain. Like anything I give you that that gives you a grasp on this film ruins the film for you. Um, so I have that same problem with the Skycrawlers. I have it with my next pick, which we'll get to at the end. So if it was like, if we could all just sit down and put it on and watch through it, you know, then I'm sure you all would like it. And that, for me, it's proven true here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm glad that's uh, I'm glad we finally come around to one of those picks for you, Joel. So yeah, if you have a lot to say, please. I just love the way that Hardy plays him like a coiled spring. That there's this, yeah. this <laughs> just. Oh, he's hunched over and he's corded with muscle and he's you don't know if he's going to smile or laugh or bite your ear off like it, it's it's this that was real glossed over oh man when they come to arrest him and he bites the cop's ear off and then never again that was yeah. the bloodiest thing he did and the idea <laughs> he, he takes this guy and he viciously screams at him and I'm like how does that even just the actor not shit yourself with yeah. that intensity coming at you it's, sit down not there over there what? like he's got yeah. like but then he's like what now yeah I guess we wait I guess we wait I, I don't got anywhere to be you're not <laughs> going anywhere like yeah. we'll just wait I've got uh, plenty of time put it on me quicker 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 it's 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 flexing the, every muscle the flip of a switch is too slow to describe it that you know he's in one moment, he's. Well, what do we do now? Stand up, such a. Yeah. It, it's too quick. It's too instantaneous. That a hope of a switch is too slow. He's completely unpredictable. And anytime you try and get a handle on what you think he might do, he undermines that expectation completely. And it's just. That's his resume. Like <laughs> Hardy doesn't ever have to act ever again. Like this. This is the resume. Like. The man's mustache is a character in this. <laughs> like, the idea that he can move from smile to that stone-faced, almost like the shape, like mm-hmm. a Michael Myers facade, the idea that emotion was there, and so it, you saw the light behind the eyes, and it goes away so suddenly. Yeah. The man's control of his face is unparalleled. It, it puts me in mind of, like, uh, Robert Redford is, uh, has said he's retired now. He's done the last couple of films. Right. And I only say say because you never really know, you know. Um, old Man and the Gun. Well, yes, he did The Old Man and the Gun was mm-hmm. the one. Was his high, high in a way, his, his Bronson. He's the, the central pillar of the film that moves through it. And then just before that, he did um, All Is Lost, which mm-hmm. had nobody else in it but him. Bronson feels like one of those end-of-career pinnacle roles, but Hardy did it in... When did this come out? It's been, this was before... Inception, yeah, I. It's, he just sort of showed up and oh yeah, done, done, did it. <laughs> it's it's astounding. And what you said about never having to act again, I yeah, I just he did that end of career role, but he did it with Bronson. Oh. It, it, the the structure of the film is almost Monty Python esque. The idea that it's a collection of sketches and they move away from them when they get boring mm-hmm. or they get weird well I mean some they linger on because that, that the whole asylum sequence mm. it starts with a, an inmate shitting in his hand and wiping it on his face like that <laughs> that's that sets the tone for that sequence and it, it goes a long time and it's a, a, a room with that high a ceiling and that open has never felt so claustrophobic mm. so antiseptic like that's more prison than 
prison, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's just the moods it creates and the awkwardness he feels once he's finally out, the idea that he can't, the doors that he continues to try to open, he can't open, he can't yeah. get out of the car, he can't get through the gate. Yeah. He knocks a lot on that door mm -hmm. and seems not to understand that doors can open or how they should open. The idea that he can't interact with humans, he, he doesn't do well with physical contact that's not fist to face. When yeah. the girl sits on his lap and is he's, touching his arm and kissing, quivering. he's just this coiled spring. Oh my god! No. And I, I, in that moment, it's like, is he going to snap her in half, or he doesn't know what else to do? It's all he has right. to communicate with. And I mean, you, it he's says there back. thirty of his thirty-four years in prison, thirty, 30 of them in, in solitary. solitary. So the 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 effect oh that god. will have on your mind, the idea of him muttering to himself, or this idea of how he interacts with people. It, that has to have an effect. When that, he's out during that brief, brief period in which he's out of prison mm. and gets started on the boxing, there's that this beautiful sense that he doesn't know how to interact with people. He's sort of seen other people do it, and he has to imitate somehow. Right. That he hugs bit. his mom. He shakes yeah. his dad's hand. They that. serve him the drink, and he sort of and they they ask him questions, and he's not a part of the conversation. Right. He's watching it happen, even though they're what's next for you. And so instead he, like, sort of, what, what, what are you supposed to do here? So he drinks his drink, all of it, and goes, that was strong. Because that's a thing you're supposed to say. <laughs> Good! Yeah, and, that, and that's like, he's trying, but it, it was, it wasn't in the traditional, traditional mental illness sense, where you see, in real life and in film, people with some... It doesn't seem like he's on the spectrum, I wouldn't say. Well, sure, like, yeah. like that sort of thing. It's yeah. just, let's not what we're seeing we're seeing that because of all his time in solitary right. because of a lack of experience right interaction yeah not as socially acclimatized it's different it's subtly different from other similar performances I've seen in film I really loved that we only get the sense of the passage of time very slightly we get it <laughs> In the asylum, when the music comes on during right. the dance party for the inmates, because the music is not the same music we were hearing right. when he first got arrested. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, when he's out for a little bit, the house has changed, his parents' clothes have changed. And that's it. We see the outside world, and it's it's different. But it's also different from the last time and from the time before that. It's little touches, because in the prison, it doesn't come in at all. Right. It's the same hallways and the same cells and the same uniforms on the cards. See, and you see that thing, like, 69 days... You mm. had 69 days all to yourself. And that sequence, you feel like years might have passed. Like, yeah. It, I it, felt it, like he was out. was building a life. Right. Nope. Which, which was really wonderful when... Because we see he's with this girl and he's spending time with her and they're, they're, they're hooking up. And he's asking... He says to her, I love you. She's... It's been she nice. looks at him like, yeah, <laughs> oh, it's been nice, but I mean, I have this boyfriend. We're getting married. And I'm sitting there wondering, like, has she just been going from guy to guy this whole time? Like, is he just that clueless? Like, only been seeing each other once a week? Like, we're wondering what's going on there. He's in the military. And then, and then they say, 69 days. And it's like, oh my god! Like, he didn't know this girl at all, at all you know? Like, it's sort of, it's, it's exactly why she was so put off by it when he said it. Was, yeah. wait, wait, what? It's been, like, two months, you know? What? That was... Yeah, that was presented beautifully as this long and and certainly memorable chunk of life. And the parts we remember often seem longer than they were. 
So yeah, that's why it's such so big for him. It's his time out. There's there's an interesting element in I mean, Tim's talked about uh, diegetic and uh, the other kind of non diegetic that one. <laughs> there's almost a third category in this film because when he when he's attacked the guards and moves to a different cell, he hears this fanfare and this applause, and we hear it as the audience, but it's not real. So it's like this third category. It's the audience of like, in his head, yeah. right? Like yeah. that, that, that element, and it, it, the idea of it, it's part one man show, him telling this story as yeah. an unreliable narrator, and doing this mime thing is, is really interesting about it. You too. know what? I wouldn't call him unreliable though, yeah, because there's fair. there's this twist and this color and and this stylization that we see because it's through his eyes, but the events are as they happened, you know. We never get a point where he says something happened that might not have. Right. It's it's in the in the meaning, mm-hmm. more than in the interpretation more than the event, you know. Oh yeah, I robbed this place, right? The this the is why the place I did or, over. this right. is what I got away with. Right. And this is what they gave me. The why or whether it mattered more or less or what punishment he did or didn't deserve. I mean, sure, he can we can discuss that all day. We didn't. We could have, but he robbed the place. He says he robbed the place. It's almost like what's what's that condition called where you kind of don't feel like you don't have an aware. I don't know if it's that you don't have an awareness of what's kind of quote unquote right or wrong, or or like empathy, where it's kind of like, you know, yeah, I I did this thing, and you know, the law says I'm not supposed to, but I did it. You know, there's sort of no no regret, no remorse about it, but you know, just kind of like yeah, it it happened, and you know, I'm probably gonna keep doing it, maybe not. Is that there's a detachment sociopathic that's right yeah yeah Yeah, where it's just that kind of like you know i remember hearing about um you know people who when they were kids who were sociopaths would like just drown animals just to be like oh like oh here's this weird thing and not understand it's like oh that's a living thing's life you're ending you know and they just kind of can't connect with that can't understand that and he he kind of seemed like that to me where it was like the stuff he was doing like didn't seem wrong to him you know as opposed to like I feel like maybe other people who are worse kind of like know they're doing wrong but will do it anyway because of what they can get out of it you know whereas for him you know it was like how do I know what I'm not supposed to do if none of it feels wrong to me or whatever you know and mm-hmm. and yeah and that, that that idea of you know being being fame was what was important and it's like well if this is going to get me famous I'm just going to keep doing it you know and and actually that was one of the things I wasn't clear about the the guy in the insane asylum did he end up killing him or did he just like he, he didn't kill him okay because he was trying to get yeah. out of the, the asylum. asylum back into prison right and he was trying to kill him but he recovered so that, that's one of the things I've, I that I kind of I, I wanted to like sort of make my comment about that but not until that is that you still I feel like if he had killed him it would have crossed this line where you're like okay well now you're now you're a villain you know, mm-hmm. but the whole time it was just like you know he See, injured because, a bunch of people. The killing but... was irrelevant. It was the attempt that mattered. Yeah, the Succeed fact that he did something I'll, bad enough to say you're going out. back right. here. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the reason, I mean, that guy is a pedophile. Right. That yeah, that's part of it which too. Yeah. Is is so even if he had killed him, you kind of would have been okay with it. Right. That's, yeah. That's I think that's yeah. why. He makes that decision for that guy specifically. Yeah. I, I think. No, no, yeah, did that's I, right. I forgot about that. Yeah, that conversation. Did I completely miss that? Like yeah. he said, it's about you and me and a nine-year-old girl or something like yeah. that. Because he he says 
they don't understand. They're never going to understand. Yeah. They can't change you on the inside. That part I remember. And then he goes, you, me, nine-year-old girl. She'll love you all over. I, wow, I didn't I missed it the all. first time I watched it, too. Wow. Um, and then I saw it again. It's like, yeah, that guy deserved it. Uh-huh. That yeah. That's the part where he's like kind of drooling all over himself yeah. and he, he spits, spits on him. him. Yeah. Right? yeah. And that's, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I feel like that's the sense. that's the yeah. I feel like that's the one way you know in a film you can automatically okay yeah he can die and I don't care right. you know like so so yeah so it's interesting that like you yeah he He's, never really becomes that a line, villain he says some I don't remember if it's before or after the murder attempt there but I never killed anyone yeah that's after yeah. after yeah yeah exactly I mm-hmm. thought it was after never he says and he sort of it, it's hard to tell and it's, and you look at his face there if he's like doing saying that for himself. Like, well, it's, it's okay, because I never killed anyone. Or if he's saying it to us to put us at ease, don't worry. I never yeah. killed anyone, you know? Right. <clears throat> One of the things I really liked about the, the violence in this is it reminded me of Fight Club, at least in some of the times, not when he was fighting for money, but the idea that it was fighting for the sake of fighting as this primal, like, aggressive thing. But it wasn't about, it wasn't about dominance. Right. You know, it wasn't about, like... You know, I'm gonna beat up on someone weaker than me. Like, from what I can remember, most of the fights were either with multiple people or, like, in the case of the the teacher, someone who's bigger than him. Right. Like, he never picked on a weak person. And the the one time you kind of got that sense with the librarian, he doesn't touch him. He doesn't lay a finger on him. You know, he scares him, intimidates him to draw them in. You know, even with the art teacher, I mean, he grabs him, but he's not like injured right you know and he's using them as bait but it, he wants to fight a group great. of tough people who yeah. can really just, you know challenge he just shouts him. out the door i've got a what are you, library thing i got a person okay yeah. i don't care yeah. what it is i've got someone come yeah he's come let's fight trouble so yeah you might as you, you yeah. might want to get somebody to help him don't you think like, yeah well the, the phrase is librarian artist you know whatever it's interchangeable yeah, yeah. it's just i have an, yet another reason for you to come fight me yeah like he's, you know, he's not, you know, going out on the streets and picking on people and stealing their money, and you know, it's like, it's like, okay, uh, yeah, you're you're weak, so you sit here for a minute. I'm gonna scare you a little bit so that they know you're scared, so they'll come save you. And then when five guys come rushing in, I'm gonna fight those five guys, you know. So you're just like, yeah, fight, okay, yeah, you know. Because even that first fight, he he's like rifling through the thing, the the guy, the book bags. There's yeah. two mm-hmm. kids who come after him, and then oh, it's yeah. the teacher. He yeah. throws that teacher across the damn room. And he picks up the desk, yeah. like, like to throw at the teacher, but then he, he doesn't. No, he throws it. It landed off th- on the side. No, he didn't hit him? Uh, it wasn't, I didn't see it underneath the other desks. I watched this a lot. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. then, then never mind. But. It, it's, it's gratuitous violence. Without question, and it's gratuitous wow. gore too because of the the way blood is caked. There's one he's wrapped up in a uh, straitjacket on the floor and almost he spits blood out onto his uh, food. Right. Food, but the way that it's framed is like he's talking about the the food was excellent and the staff. <laughs> no, he's, yeah. he's talking about it like it's a hotel room. Yeah. And the idea that the staff is more than happy to accommodate you. Yeah. They, they want to make your stay as memorable as possible. Yeah. Like it, it's it's this interesting license we give films to be grotesque and horrible and violent if it's done in a way that's interesting or mm. playful which is a really twisted fucked up thing about it but it it's something that I really like about this movie is that it, it doesn't just show you violence mm. it's doing it 
stylized, stylishly, I guess. Well, that's another thing, too, like, what just occurred to me when he's in the art room with the art teacher. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure there's plenty of stuff in that room he could have used as a weapon, yeah. like, against the oh, cops. But he oh doesn't. God. He but it's does. just, like, fist against fist. Like, yeah. you know, like, let's do this. Like, he's not looking... He to like kill people in their face masks. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. their helmets. And the just one like, guy yeah, he fine. hits like four times in the the armor vest. Yeah, and the cop doesn't react because you know armor vest. I love the fucking beginning of this because he's he's in the cage. That red box, the right. heat lamp effect. Right, and you see his fist come into the the chain link, and it, it it's just he doesn't stop. His knuckles don't bleed. They just it keeps coming like he, he and he's just getting ready for it to happen. It's it's like. Because he knows they're coming. Yeah, yeah, it's like he's designed for one thing. Like it, it, it's punch, it's punch, like punch. it's like the T Rex, you know. And they're yeah. like, "Oh, let's feed him a lamb." Like, nope, T Rex doesn't want to be fed; he wants, wants to, to hunt. hunt. You know, like yeah. <laughs> Tom Hardy doesn't want to be fed; he wants to hunt. Uh. <laughs> I, I love the after the uh, uh, murder attempt where he's playing the nurse on one side of his face. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just such a like ah oh, he's 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 using every skill in his book like it, it he's just acting the hell out of it and it, it's it's so compelling I, yeah so oh yeah so that, speaking of that that scene and scenes like that so one of the things at one point I pointed out like is he missing part of his his finger yeah he's and kinda... I noticed his right little finger won't yeah. straighten yeah mm-hmm. so is that Tom Hardy or yeah, is yeah, that some, okay I looked it up is uh, it Tom Hardy tendon damage from okay. the knife, I think. Okay. Wait, I'm not misremembering that. But it is Tom Hardy. Yes. Okay, it wasn't... Uh, yeah, that was what I was like, oh, is he doing that as part of, like, Bronson's character? But... And it was interesting, too, because you saw a lot of, like, flourishy-type things with his hands, almost like trying to work that in. Mm-hmm. And I noticed sometimes he would, like, mimic it with his left hand, like if he was using both hands. Right. So it's just like, like you know, okay, he's just... That's something he's doing with his right. hands. Um but you pointed yeah. it out and I couldn't stop looking at it. Right. And I was like, oh shit, that's, I totally missed that. And I didn't know if it was something Bronson had where he's like, right, yeah. from punching so much would have been nerve damage or something. Like, yeah. That's really interesting. And I mean, you see his, his fists curled more than anything else in it. So it's like, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. and I mean, Bane is like that too. Like he's, he's gripping that's the inside yeah. of his vest and stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it's, it's interesting. I never picked up on that before. It I, was no, please don't. <laughs> oh, just yeah, just a, a quick thing. When you compare this to a Clockwork Orange at first, like I definitely, you know, and this is along the lines of what we had just been talking about, like, like how he's not a villain the way you know the main Those characters are. are. Yeah, where it's just like you're just like, whoa, that's like fucked up. That is not cool. Like you know, here it's like you know he's putting himself in these environments. You know, like I think probably like one of the worst things he did I think in this was like when he like goes to the jewelry store and like smashes the guy head which I was just kind of like why didn't that glass break and it's just like I feel like that could have broken it would have been way worse you know but like um, well that I guess when he bites the cop's ear off that went kind of far but like but that was the first bit is that everything after that Mm -hmm. he sort of he locks on what he wants to do and it's not bite people's ears off it's punch them yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) But, but yeah, like, you know, when they're, they're just, like, invading people's houses and you're like, whoa, like, this is, this is fucked up. Like, that's, that's not cool. Yeah. Like, why am I watching this movie, you know? And, and, and yeah, you're almost, you're, you're glad when he has, you know, Beethoven's Ninth ruined for him, yeah. you know? But, like, in this, you're just kind of like, yeah, you're still almost cheering him on because it's just like, well, he's, 
it, it it's it's kind of along the lines and i i don't know if this is what they were thinking but like venom is kind of like that where he's he's this monster but you're like oh okay i see your moral compass that you're monster, following right? yeah like, you know and and it, and, it, and it works because he has a line that he doesn't cross you know it's like oh no these are innocents and you know that type of thing and i wonder if that came into play when they were choosing who was going to play eddie brock it's like oh well you know, Bronson is kind of like Venom, you know, where he's, he's he's super violent and fucks people up. But it's like, oh, if there's like an innocent little girl, he's going to be like, oh, here, let me cross you across the street and get make sure you get there safely. Yeah, the librarian, you know. right? Yeah. Sit down. Yeah. Not there. And then, yeah. Now what? Like, it's yeah. Not there. Just wait. And that's like, the thing. Know, there's like, that sinister moment where he's getting undressed and you think, oh, God, is he? what is he going to do? Yeah. yeah. And then he starts like, putting slathering butter on him and it's like, help me. <laughs> get my body armor on <laughs> yeah. and it, it's it's like it's incidental the guy doesn't matter and he's like yeah. hold on like, to your fucking head it's I about to get dicey to be like, in yeah. here so they would come fight me yeah now that they're coming you're irrelevant yeah. and i need you to not try anything that's going to sabotage that you know mm-hmm. like if you're somehow able to get out of here then i don't have to have any fun right. so so you need to be scared and stay there yeah <laughs> i love that line he's like <laughs> I'm not letting him go until I get what I want. Yeah. What do you want? What do you, what do you what got? What have you got? <laughs> well, that's up to you. And it's like, you have all the, he has all this power, but he doesn't know what to, I just want to fight. Yeah. Like, and he can't say that because it's insane. Like, yeah. they're not just going to appease that desire in him. Yeah. It, it's, it's sort of, it, it moves beyond a man doing bad things for, for any reason at all and becomes this, this force, this man-shaped tornado cluster of violence that just needs to be let out. Mm-hmm. It, it sort of goes beyond any reasoning. Uh, no, I mean, not that sounds too, too like, insanity, beyond right. reasoning. Just beyond any, like, beyond any social purpose, any larger intended impact, you know? It's not, I'm taking this hostage and I'm going to kill him unless my, you know, unless... A less political goal. It's just I. What can I do today? Let's me punch somebody in the face. <laughs> That's yeah. Everything else is incidental. The people, the location, the environment, mm-hmm. the details. No, doesn't matter. So I think the moment I fell in love with this movie when I was watching it is when he's sentenced and he goes into the cell, and he's you don't know if he's crying or laughing. And you find out it's laughing, and then he's on the stage. And at mm-hmm. that point, I'm like, "What is this? <laughs> it, it's it's just uh, it. Uh, uh. <laughs> I'm just grunting now, <laughs> grunting my admiration. Mm-hmm. And at the end, you kind of see that last shot where he's in the cell, only as big as he is. It, he's like a wounded animal." It's it's almost inhumane, and though he's brutalized and beaten all these people, you feel like that's that's the way to contain him and to stop him from doing that. Mm-hmm. But it's it's inhumane it's to look at him getting you know? moved from place yeah. to place to place. It's that the society, government, none of that knows what to do with him. Right. But neither does he. Right. <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah. There's all this energy, coiled spring power, sitting there in this Tom Hardy shaped package. And not even it knows what to do with itself. That's the thing. Like he, he, when he's wrapped in the the uh, straitjacket, and he's got the belt mm. under his jaw yeah. and around his yeah. head, and the the new warden who's like no sh- nonsense shit. Yeah. 
He's like, I'm not in the, the habit of making deals with prisoners, but what would you like us to do? Yeah. Bronson just says, fuck off. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's no... He doesn't oh, okay. <laughs> have an apparatus for expressing what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, it's, it's, in, in addition to the whole, like, the passage of time is generally impossible to tell, except for those brief moments when the outside world creeps in into the, the prison, or when that stretch of time, the 69 days outside. Mm-hmm. Similarly, the there was so much more style and color and dramatic just different different everything different camera angles different color and wardrobe and set different everything when he's on the outside and i mean of course because prisons are all mundane and the same and stone wall and you know but we they maintained that sort of mundanity even in throughout all the different prisons all the different rooms in all the different prisons all their different colors and shapes and cell doors there was a lot of variation there but it was irrelevant because it wasn't relevant to Bronson Mm -hmm. but when we're in the outside world the variation creeps in because he doesn't there's no choice anymore it's It's just there it shows up it's it's in the frame Mm -hmm. rudely almost hello like no no what what are you we're that's not the film we're making. We're making this straightforward And like, well, too bad. You're out here, so I'm in your room now. Right. It was almost, not aggressive, but just obstinate. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, was, that was brilliantly done. It was almost comforting to go back to the prisons at the end no, of that stretch. No, it definitely was. As a, as a He's washer. not awkward in prison. Mm-hmm. He knows who he is. No, but not just there. for him, for us. For no, me. it was for sure. yeah to go back to the that, pressure of yeah. like yeah. It it almost feels like that it's too open. There's there's mm. not this world. You can and that's when the thing. you're he in the prison, to... you can impact the sum totality of your world. Mm-hmm. You can be famous. You can have that impact. But when you're out, the world just keeps going beyond the horizon. Yeah, he comes out and he was like, "Where's my childhood bed? Where's my yeah. stuff?" Well, we had to move, Charlie or, or Michael. Like yeah. it, it's just. He wants to regress. He wants to go back to what it was, and it, it it's impossible. Like it it's nothing. The mundanity of prison, nothing really changes. It's mm-hmm. it's it's consistent. In its in, grime in a, and it's it's in a different film that might have been a point for sympathy. You mm-hmm. know the the struggle of the released prisoner to integrate back into society and to lose the structure, and it's something plenty of other films have explored. But then again, with those other films, they're their subjects, their characters, real or imagined, are typically they they want a life, they want something mm-hmm. vague as abstract as it may be. They want something. They want it to be within their control. They want a life. They want to be outside. To have this whirlwind force of fists and blood that doesn't know what it wants. Mm-hmm. The the smaller, more structured, just the more limited space of prison where you can see to the end of the world mm-hmm. and touch to the end of the world is preferable to this vast open nothingness that is outside that's the thing like he he, tr- he does the things he thinks you should right yeah. like he, he's gone with his parents it's like okay 
Michael Jack knows some people. Maybe he can get me a job. Okay, yep. this is a guy I knew on the inside. He can get me a job. And I can fight outside, and yeah. I, I can do that. Good. And then he finds that you need money, and you can't just piss on gypsies in the <laughs> middle of nowhere. In the <laughs> middle of nowhere. And you can't fight dogs, and, like, you're not going to make any momentum. He's like, oh, I found a girl. We had sex once. We only see them have sex once. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, we'll get, we can it's get a, married. It's another and we can implied build it up time, but, yeah, we only see it once. And this is like the second family it's he's like tried he's, to start. Yeah, he's right. stepping through the motions of a life. But that's part of why I mentioned before we feel like it's a long time and then it was 69 days. Right. was because for him, it's found a job. Check, check, Job check, brings check. in money. There's a girl. Here's a girl. Make make life? Question mark? Yeah. Bing. It's, yeah, step through the motions. And he, he discovers quickly, like, this isn't going to work. And I'll I'll steal this ring, and then we we maybe this will be a thing. And if it's not, then I'm going back. Yeah. Like, and he doesn't. He steals it. Not like. Like the first thing he says is, "Yeah, I want that." But then the first thing the shopkeeper says is, "Wants a thousand pounds." And that it that was enough. Oh, he's not going to give it to me. I'll take it. Just, right. Okay. It was a very like computer, emotionless sequence of. Right. Okay. Yeah. Next thing, just just take like it wasn't. You know, oh yeah, I'm gonna you know beat the heck out of everyone and take all the jewelry. You know, he just said, yeah, "Can you can you give me that?" And if the guy had said, you know, taking it out of the box maybe and gone, "All right, sure, here you go, a thousand pounds," we don't, maybe it would have right. been fine. Maybe he would have bought the thing. It's yeah. such an interesting touch afterwards that he's yelled at the the other lady <laughs> and don't call the police for ten minutes. And then as he's on and his way out, he he touches her arm like. Make it fifteen. Yeah. Like he's like this is it's like a business transaction right. for him. It's matter of fact. It's like yeah. this isn't about you. Mm. I just need you to know quickly and loudly. Yeah. Don't call the police yet. Yeah. I, and yeah. apparently she didn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. exactly fifteen. Minutes. Minutes. Yeah. I love music in this. Oh yeah, yeah, all of it. I, I was gonna say too. The outside parts are almost they're refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. They're flavorful. They're this invigor for us. They're invigorating and full of of color and sound and taste and things that you. And carpet. Which is just well, right? <laughs> but it's just it was nice to have this right in the middle of the film. This wash of of texture and color mm-hmm. suddenly, but then. It was done in such a way that it was comforting to go back to the prisons. Because I think if that interlude hadn't been there, by the end of the film, I would have been kind of sick of it. Mm-hmm. Sick of, of prisons and mundanity and, and the washed-out color palette, but also just sort of sick of the film. But we got this moment right in the middle there that overwhelmed us with too much of it and made us feel like Bronson did. So when we went back to prison, we were relieved as watchers. It was, oh, okay, yeah, back to what we know. See, that's the thing. That, for, was, that was masterful. For... A- for a film with largely no real plot, it's a connection of moves. Like it's, right. it's there's not a whole lot of connection. It it is a bunch of things that happened to a person slash that he did. Right, but it it, it answers all of the questions about okay, there's this guy that's super violent. Mm-hmm. At some point, why is he still in prison? Why isn't he be tr- being treated like a mental patient? Maybe this is a so he does that. They move him to it's, there. How did he get hidden here in the first place? Why isn't he in psychiatric instead? Right. So they they deal with him. And then it's also, okay, he's causing all of this damage. He doesn't seem to be doing this maliciously. Like, it's... it's And then oh, they we can't afford to house him here anymore. Okay, he's sane. Yeah, he's out, out and in the world. Why isn't he and out in the world? And then if he comes back, it's going to be the prison again. 
And then it's like, okay, we've already answered. He's not insane. We can't put him into a mental health facility because they're not set up for that. He has to go to a specific prison and interact with it in a certain way. So it, it answers all the questions of like the fourth wall breaking questions. Like, yeah. why is this continuing to be allowed to happen? You know, it has that structure. I don't know. Well, also, as he's getting tossed around and sent here and there, too, it's, you know, it's never like these stories you hear about where, like, oh, well, this person committed one crime and went to jail for this many years and ended up in this hole. It's like, you never feel like he's the victim. Like, oh, like there's one part where they're right. like, oh, for what you did, you're going to be punished. And it's just like, you know, like, what, right. what the fuck does that mean to him? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. what, like what are you, you going to do to punish all the, me, the inhumanity of some of the conditions we see him in. But, yeah, you're right, Tim. It didn't feel like... I. I had this brief thought of, did they really do this to prisoners in the UK at the time? But I thought about, did they do it to prisoners? Not, oh, did it to him? Nah, yeah. that was irrelevant. Right. So it was, uh, did it to, to people? Yeah, if know? this happened to anyone else but him, I would be really upset. My first thought <laughs> yeah. would be, holy shit, why is he in there? But with Bronson, it's, oh, this is their latest, what the hell do we do with him? Right. Here's a box, why He's not? Got, he seems to respond to violence. That seems to be the thing that yeah. <laughs> he understands how to communicate through. Hmm. I just I love the interplay between the classical music and this this gorgeous operatic voice thing happening yeah. beside these really alternative synth pop anthem yeah. type things. Mm-hmm. When we get those that music, it's always it's the outside. It's from the outside. Well, in the beginning, you you have that kind of uh, droning uh, when lights are low. Thing. Like it's in the red, and then they're coming, he's getting pumped up. The music yeah. that plays for that, and it's almost in slow motion. The vocalist when he they come in and he's actually fighting them. Like you have that little bit, but yeah, it is mostly it. It's almost angelic inside, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's synth pop punk outside, which yeah. is really interesting. I, what was neat was at the end there when he's holding the art guy hostage. What do you want? Finally, he says. Melzak! Yeah. Oh, God. And, you know, great. And then they play that... It, again, I, whether this is... Whether he asked for music and they played it and that's what they played or this was all a film decision, they played classical. They could have played anything else. Anything at all. But that, that's what they had on hand. They played the classical. I, I, I love the, the art sequence of it because it, it's... Him bringing that the apple in front of the face painting to yeah, life through yeah, the yeah. eye, and the the brilliant continuity of the tear coming out of his eye, oh. and then this it switches from his seeing him full faced, and then Bronson looking on the art he's created, and it coming down, just at the right time is so perfectly shot and executed, yeah. and the idea that you see, you see his back and it's he's he's covered in ink and he he's just this this sculpture this this artwork he's created and then it cuts to the the um it's draped over the the yeah, teacher the cloth and you don't know over. like you see his arms are behind his back but and those, you don't is he dead move. is he bleeding? I was waiting like, for a little quiver yeah. in the hands and it's just it, it's sinister Ugh. the intercut between like he is really gone somewhere with this and then he's yeah. like I don't feel so well so you hear it and it breaks that and then the next time you see him it's he's coming down the the staircase and he's got the paper mache head and the the shiv into the 
cane thing and the glasses and the hat. It, I, Puts them all on the on his sculpture. <laughs> yeah. it, it's that is so such a visceral visual. It just sticks in my head, and it, it's like the closest thing film has ever done to recreating like a Francis Bacon painting, painting for me. And Bacon is all about slabs of beef and oral fixation and gnashing of teeth and degradation of bodies. And this this is just this is a man built of violence, and he's created this tableau of himself and this artist, and he's made a mockery of the art teacher. And it's the if you can't. If you can't do, you teach, right? And he's made him into this artwork, but he has no agency, he can't speak, he can't act, but he has been created and uh, evolved, uh, uh, elevated to artwork through Bronson. And only Bronson could have done that. It, it uh, yeah. I actually really loved when he finally opens the door and lets the guards into the art room and they fight, and the teacher is just completely ignored. Immobile against the column. Yeah, of course he is. I mean, not, not, not respect the guards to turn their back on Bronson to untie right. the poor guy. Like, they have to fight him first. Of course he's ignored. But something about that felt so perfect to me because it, it was in that moment. Oh, yep, you're an inanimate object now. Bronson was like, making you into a sculpture? Nope, right there was when you became one. Right. Because they just, everyone, Bronson and the guards, all ignored him to fight. <laughs> he was a part of the scenery as much as anything else. I love Bronson's line about, I guess no class tomorrow, eh? <laughs> like, it just this little, <laughs> he breaks the facade of it. I don't know. It, it, yeah. I, I, I sense you guys didn't like this as much as I did, and that, that's fine. It, it's just. Not as it, much. It hits a whole bunch of buttons for me. I, I, I certainly liked it. Mm -hmm. Quite a lot. Certainly. It, I like. I was thinking about. I like this infinitely better than I liked Black Mass. Um, we we mentioned this during the recap, I believe, mm -hmm. the Johnny Depp gangster movie. That yeah. that one looked and said there've been so many other gangster movies that show you all the normal stuff. We're gonna not show you those parts because you're tired of that. We're gonna show you the other parts, but then it turned out the other parts weren't very interesting. Ronson, similar approach in that, like, yeah, you've seen plenty of biopics that are straightforward. And I mentioned earlier having done that would have been a misrepresentation I think that was part of the decision but also I think part of it was let's not do that let's go against the expectation and in this case it was well done phenomenally well done because we were able to fill in the gaps but every piece was still interesting both on its own and as a part of the whole it worked very well yeah. it just experiments with a lot of different types of filmmaking because it has those runs of like Here's the uh, the tabloids, and it's gonna yeah. cut with actual footage of Bronson, and it's the shaky cam, but it's shaky cam of like archival footage. Yeah. So it's like combining this. A man kind of on a roof that we're shooting from the ground at long range, and we don't have no idea where he's going. So when he changes direction, we stop the camera and push right. it the other way. And right while on stage in mind <laughs> makeup singing, mm -hmm. he has this this lightning bolt almost in a, a Alden. The, the, the David Bowie concept mm. album, that idea of, like, it's not Ziggy Saul, Stardust, it's the other one. But, like, this idea of this several layers of frame, this several layers of uh, pre presenting this mm -hmm. actual footage. It's almost yeah. like creating it's almost distance like from it. He's talking to us. So we don't see the newsworthy parts because he feels like they speak for themselves because those were the parts that were famous and widespread. Mm -hmm. 
and so he fills in the gaps you know it's like like if I were to speak about my life I don't have anything super interesting to speak about but I'm gonna jump over the parts that you already knew the the bigger parts in that sense because I figure that's 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 there right it's already there instead I'm gonna sit down and talk to you about the bits in, in between bits and that's what what his presentation is to the audience in his head I also feel like there were a few parts maybe I'm remembering it wrong but when he's talking to the audience and there are times when they applaud mm. but then I feel like there are other times where he'll say something and pause for applause and they don't nothing happens yeah. and it's just kind of like and that's that's what really threw me because I think at first like I assumed oh this is in his head but then when they weren't reacting the way he was expecting them to react I was like well wait what the what the fuck is this like that you comes know. back on he doesn't even know what he wants yeah like you like, know is, yeah. is this good no no it's not good okay <laughs> feeling right, out of the dark. Try something else. Yeah. I love that the theater wasn't quite full either. Mm. Around the edges there were some empty seats, <laughs> which was a nice touch. Yeah. Sort of, again, uh, an assumed realism. Like, oh yeah, the theater will have plenty of people in it. No, but I mean, you'd never fill up the theater. Mm. Like, like this presumed, like, that's how it's supposed to be idea. That's the thing, like, the manifestation of him on stage is a little bit what I... I think that's how he imagined himself as he's fighting. Like, the idea that he's a, making a spectacle of himself. And yeah, that's that's as much what it's about as there being an audience enjoying it. Yeah. It's that there's this spectacle. spectacle. And that's why that one, really, the only full fight we see at all, that first one with the, with the gypsy... Every, after every couple hits, he turns around and like yeah. holds his arms it's up. It's like a WWE fight. Yeah. It's like all about, and I mean, in, in that fashion too, if you pay attention to the crowd more than you do your opponent, yeah. you get busted. Like that, that's what happens. And then he, when he pees on him at the end, it's like, it'll be spectacular. It'll be, it'll be talking about it. It'll be weird. Right. But instead, they're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. What? You just pissed on a gypsy in the field. Like right. that's not, I give you magic in there. That, that that might be the 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 line that characterizes it. The idea that sometimes the 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 audience isn't cheering him is because that's magic to him. What? Yeah. Why, why would that be magic? Who? What? What frame of reference are you bringing that from? Like. It's really it's it's a great examination of the man you know they, they talk about you could have a lot of bio biography movies that are like Lincoln I guess if you will did you see Lincoln either yeah no. okay it, it was the, just, the, the longest yeah, best the acted long uh, high school play of all time is it I've never heard that <laughs> phrase but, I, but it's very straightforward and it, as it should have been I think but there are other films, other people you make the film about and they need to not be. Mm -hmm. But then sometimes it feels excessive or like they were grasping at a gimmick or just here it just, like, I don't think there was any other way to have told this story. Did you guys see Bohemian Rhapsody? No. Okay. Um, You're too quick for us, Joel. <laughs> well, I, I just, too watching that kind of reframes the idea of the difficulty of the biopic because there's something about casting the right person and making sure they have the right moves and playing mm -hmm. the part a certain way but when you add stuff like music or uh, fighting like the, the I'm thinking of like 
Bohemian Rhapsody, but also Ray and Ali, where Will Smith plays Muhammad Ali. Like, the idea of what it has to be about and also what the performance has to capture in order yeah. to make it... Because of, like, what the person was about. Right. And, I mean, this... Bronson is notorious, like, um, but he's not famous. Like, Pollock in the art. Oh, yeah. Pollock, yeah. yeah. No, that's that's a good good example of it, too. But the idea, like, what what do you make the biopic about? Yeah. And how do you not make it just a greatest hits of things? Yeah. It's like, hey, remember all of these cool things and we're going to just touch on them before we get to the end? Yeah. Like, you really have to specifically choose something. And I think this is largely not about anything. It, it's a character study and it's him moving through these different stages. But there's no, like... There's no arc for his character, really. Mm-hmm. No, he's, he's just exposed to these different situations and undermines expectations through them. And that's consistent. There's no arc, there's no growth, there's no depth of that. But for me, it's really satisfying and entertaining because the way it went about it is stylish and the performance is outstanding. And it, it's a visual spectacle, but also a, an auditory one. But I don't know if if that's the mode I would want another biopic to be shot in. Right. You know, exactly. Or, it's that the the the, the film's quirkiness is well served. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. That if they tried to apply this sort of method to a different person, it might have felt dumb, like a gimmick. Right. But that if they tried to apply the sort of the straightforward traditional approach of Lincoln to this would have felt pointless. See, the other, like, they want to to toe the line of, like, we don't want to glorify this violence, right? No. And I don't think, I think they do... Why yeah, it's so hyper-violent. You're, you're rooting for him, but it's also showing this is, the, this is what happens to him as a result of it. Yeah. This is how caged an animal he is. This is what he's earned as a result of this violence. So it... it, it because if you go straight ahead and you, you paint him as a hero, it's like he's been unduly mm. incarcerated and it's inhumane to have somebody yeah. in. You you forgive the violence and the terror that he instills, and that's not yeah. okay. No. So they, they I feel like they found a way to do it and made it hyper-realistic enough that it, it kind of disconnects from the actual source material in a way that makes it entertaining, but not, this is, this is a guy who actually did these kind of things, and how does it make us feel about how we incarcerate people or how they're treated and how they treat the people incarcerating them. It, it's, it's a difficult subject matter, and I think the way they chose to tell the story is indicative of that difficult mm-hmm. choice. I've talked a lot. No, but, <laughs> but you've, you've had a lot to say. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, like, like sort of looking back on the, the sort of turning point in the middle of the film when he steals the ring... And that's what in, lands him back in jail. Like, what? What if the you know the the I don't know if she was like a prostitute or whatever. Like in terms of you know the girl he was with. Yeah. yeah. Like if she would have been like, oh, I love you too. Like, right. would it have been like, okay, let's get married? I mean, because he did that before. He had a wife and yeah. a kid earlier in the film, and that didn't stop him <laughs> from just kind of going. And, like, you never hear about them again. There's that like, scene. Like, he's just yeah. done. There's never when like, oh, I need to get out and be with my woman and child again. scene when he's at the table, and she's at the other side of the table. Yeah, not a word, fists, not just, a motion, yeah. not a blink. 
right. between either of them. And when he gets out, like they they've been divorced. Like there's yeah. there's no contact. There's no thought of him yeah. going back to that. And I don't know. Maybe that's he he was married long enough to have a kid. And the kid's still that in doesn't the have pram. to be very long. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is like that's yeah. all. And then he was restless and he robbed the bank. Yeah. Or the it was post, the post office. Yeah. So it's like maybe that's his methodology. Is like okay, I'm gonna have somebody to miss me while I'm inside I don't know it, it's a weird move yeah yeah and like I mean cause like he I mean he steals the ring to be with her so I mean even though he's still chasing her he still would have ended up in prison and he knew that because he told the one girl not to call the police right yeah but still kind of yeah still did it anyway still kind of made the attempt yeah but then was kind of like oh okay i, I hope yeah. you know was he say i hope you're happy together or, or yeah. you know tell me congratulations, congratulations or something you know so it's like was that was that kind of what that was is like here's this little thing i can hold on to oh wait no it's not okay well i can use this to get me back in or something <laughs> yeah. you know Some, she also says that thing about him having a motorbike right like she she talks okay. about Brian having so maybe it's like she likes shiny things and I get her this and I, I don't know yeah. it, it's like yeah. it's a very strange because he said I've been thinking a lot about you and I got you this mm-hmm. it's like yeah it's it's a weird mm-hmm. weird move it's a short period of time like yeah, you know, yeah. it's really short yeah yeah it was was part of that him feeling rest, restless. It's like, I'm going to tell her I love her because, you know, it'll freak her out and push her away. Not like, oh, I want to settle down and be normal with this woman, you know? Like, you know, and then, and you know, again, like, he ends up in prison again. It's like, that's the last you hear of her. You know, yep. it's not like, oh, I missed it, you know? And it's like, that's, that's one of the big things I saw with him, just that sort of nothing to lose kind of thing. Right. You know, and one of the, one of the things that I actually kind of, enjoyed oddly enough you know like because of my ocd when i see people in situations like that where i'm just like oh my god that would freak me out but then it's like i do kind of think about it, i'm like well if if that's who i was like if i didn't really care about anything outside of myself like you know who cares if my feet are dirty and i'm sleeping in this disgusting bed and it's just like what am i what am i staying clean for what am right. i staying germ free for you know it's like that that freedom you know like you know you know again like in fight club the losing all hope is freedom like he didn't he didn't have hope he wasn't working towards anything but it wasn't it wasn't a depressing thing to not have hope it was a freedom you know because all hope does is remind you of what you don't have you know right but it, it's almost like that buddhist thing like the 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 he had no attach attachments therefore he had no suffering you know right. and and it was like you know he it wasn't miserable for him to be in prison because he wanted to be out you know, and that was that was his world. That was his hotel room. You know, it's like that was his home. You know, mm-hmm. and and so yeah. So like, if you can just detach yourself from everything, and I don't need to be clean. I don't need to shower. I don't need to. Who cares that there's blood all over me? Like, who cares? Like, whatever. Like, that's just what happens. And I'm gonna fight. And I'm gonna get hurt. And I'm gonna get scars. And I don't care. You know, like, you know. And there's there's like there's a, a, a relief in it, and like a beauty in that. Like, oh man, like. Wouldn't that be cool to not have to care, you know? And it's, mm-hmm. I've also had a theory too that like what a lot of, what humans don't fear is pain, it's disfigurement. You know, mm-hmm. like if you're getting into a fight with someone, like sure it's gonna hurt, but like to me, the thought I've had in the back of my head, well, what if what if I lose a tooth? 
or what if my nose gets broken it looks all weird or what you know and it's 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 all those lasting things like the the, the, pain, the pain of it is transient yeah the, it's kind of like it's gonna hurt potential but, permanent consequences right yeah. like the pain will hurt but it'll be over you know mm-hmm. and and you know and i've kind of noticed that in other scenarios like you know like going to the doctor like when you get a shot or you have this thing done and it's just like well this thing's gonna hurt you know like okay but it'll be over and i'll be better afterwards and that's kind of like how i deal with it but yeah if it was like well this is gonna hurt and you're gonna look fucked up after it it's like oh well that's kind of disturbing you know um so but so yeah so not to not even have to care about that be like oh if i get a scar who cares oh if i get you know if one of my teeth gets knocked out who cares like let's just go forward 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 you know like like a shark you know like yeah (laughs) not afraid to lose a tooth yeah i've got others (laughs) what's this from Fight. What's this from? Fight. 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 Just like, girl, you're not getting it. (laughs) Come on. Yeah. God, he's big in this. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he was. But, you know, in a nod to how well it was made, he felt bigger in The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's that tall. Like, I think Christian Bale has a good six inches on him. Well, I think it, uh, it was actually interesting. One of the one of the guys I know from from Lamont, he uh, he actually works at a gym now, and he, he's like a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about some of like the Marvel movies, and he was saying how like the different ways you can grow muscle, you know. And there's like the you know if you sort of compare like um, I'm trying to think of a like a more a more lean character who's definitely muscular versus like Captain America. Right. Where the, the the idea is to have this swole look, right. you know, and that's a different way of working out to sort of make the muscles swell, right. as opposed to. And I, I remember, like, I don't know if this is related to this, but I remember when I was a kid in in gym class, we were doing weightlifting, right. and it was the idea of uh, physical, uh, was it um, strength versus endurance? Right. You know, what's the max that you can lift just once, but what's you know what's the, uh, an amount that you can lift a a shit ton of times right. pick up you and know. carry across the football field yeah right. you know like you know like, circuit training versus strength training yeah, yeah. so yeah. so that was sort of the thing I think with like those type of muscles you're you're lifting a ton of weight to sort of like make your muscles like you know go overboard and like you end up with this very swollen look but it's not necessarily that you're a ton stronger you know and for the movies it doesn't matter because you just have to look big Whereas, like, you know, if you're building, you know, almost like a Spider-Man type muscle, that more sinewy type right. of, you know, that w- that still has flexibility Acrobatic, and yeah. that type of thing. But you can, you know, you can grab something with one hand and hold your body completely horizontal and things like that, you know. Um, yeah, versus, so, I mean, there there must have been a degree of that, like, the, the type of strength training that just makes him with, like, okay, your arms are the size of a leg, you know. And he may not have actually been as strong as when he made this because these muscles were kind of, like really earned right. you know type of thing so when hardy met the actual charlie bronson he, or charles bronson he went in and he, he enjoyed like bronson had seen him play bill sykes in uh oliver twist so he was familiar with him and so he was like i i like it kid but you're too damn small like there's no way you're gonna can you do this many push-ups in a minute like i can and he's like He's fast, like he's mm-hmm. able to put put him out. He's like, "Don't worry, I got a dietitian for that." He came back in like uh, six weeks to see him, and he was bigger than Bronson. Bronson was, was. Oh, shit. and Bronson was like, "Oh shit, it's gonna be like it, it." It was, it's it's interesting, and I mean he's he's put his body through a lot. I mean he was in uh, Warriors, 
where he, he UFC bulked up too. Oh, right, like, right, yeah. You, you can put some gore and some muscle on Tom Hardy for sure, boy. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, should we move on to situational movie recommendations? It is it is time for <laughs> another situational movie recommendations. recommendations. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll have a theme. <laughs> I had one yesterday, but now I can't remember it. Oh come on! I even you went like, oh, I've got a good one, and oh, I said, I do we get to hear this one this time so we have some time to think about it? And you said, no, you wanted to surprise us with it <laughs> on the episode. Yeah. And it's been one day, Joel. I know. You had one day. <laughs> it's sixty-nine days. But many jobs. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn it! I we, can't remember. No, take your time, please. What were we talking about the other day at the end? Uh, I, if it's a good one, I want it. Well, we were talking, we talking about, about franchises. So yeah. About <laughs> about Star Wars. <laughs> about, uh, uh-huh. um, TV series. I'm talking about things that you rewatch endlessly that make you watch other things. Things that don't. Things that hobble things. God damn it. It's something to do with sound, and I can't remember what it was. Well, I think you. Uh, that was one of them. Like your I favorite asked about for sound, sound design. design. Yeah. Because I wanted to say Fury. Yeah, we did that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, how about this? Favorite. Remake. Your favorite remake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, now you've got me all worried because I've seen things before and not known they were remakes. <laughs> so, for all I know, my favorite yeah. remake is something I don't know is a remake. <laughs> and I can't answer. Um, if I want to cheat a little bit, I could say um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Okay. Because the famous version is not the first version. Mm-hmm. But, I mean... Yeah, the famous version. Yeah, I mean, of course. Like, right. A lot of people don't even know there is an earlier version. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's kind of irrelevant. Um, if I'm going to pick, like, a proper a thing that people know about both and the first one is still held in high regard, that's a little bit more difficult. Does Shin Godzilla count? <laughs> um, yeah, it certainly does. Sure, as another a, a remake of... Godzilla comes out of the water and terrorizes Tokyo. Yeah, I mean, there's I'd, it's a, a third reboot at that. Yeah, point. I mean, I don't. It's yeah, it's a reboot or a successor. It's not really a. I don't know if I don't know if I would count that as the same as a remake. You know. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, I think 1984 Godzilla was probably a remake, whereas Shin is more of a reboot. But I don't, I don't think, like, reboot, I think, is as fair a, okay. a descriptor for To it. use another cheating answer, the English version of Funny Games, but that's oh, because okay. the same director purposefully right. went shot and for shot, shot for shot reproduced his original yeah. film with, in the English language. So that, that really doesn't count. Mm. <laughs> Let's be fair, that one doesn't... Um, so, so what constitutes... The difference between a remake and a reboot. So remake would be Mulholland Drive follows the same plot more or less. Yeah. So like if you did uh, Bela Lugosi's Dracula, mm-hmm. and then when they made Christopher Lee's Dracula, that would be a remake. Okay. Or Bram Stoker's Dracula with Gary Oldman. Those 
So all, you're using the same source material. Right. Of, there's this book, we're right. making it into a movie, and now right. we're making it into a movie again. Right. So is is that why it would be different, like, say, for example, like, you know, this Spider-Man reboot with Andrew Garfield? Because they're not drawing on the same script, even though they're drawing on... Okay, so that's we why have, it's a reboot, not a right. remake. Yeah, I would say that so yeah. it, okay. Garfield would be a reboot. Because it takes a whole different... So, like, Planet of the Apes would be... A, well, although that was kind of like a prequel, too, so I don't know... So, you... well, okay, here, the original Planet of the Apes... But then there was Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes, which was a remake. And then there's Dawn, Rise, and War, which are all prequels, which constitute a reboot. So <laughs> couldn't they, couldn't they actually be prequels to the original then? Yeah. yeah. Okay. For sure. Yeah, so it's not necessarily a... A reboot, yeah. So what about well, no, the J.J. They... Abrams' Star Trek? Is that neither because it's an alternate timeline? Like, is it a way of doing that's a, a reboot? See, no, that's definitely a reboot. reboot. I would yeah. say it's a reboot. The thing with uh, Planet of the Apes is there's a continuity with the sequels to the first Planet of the Apes, which is in direct contrast to the new prequels. So they cannot be part of the same universe. So, is, so then the Total Recall was a remake, not a reboot? Yes. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah. like... I like um, that, yeah. Magnificent Seven would be Seven Samurai. It's Wait, a remake. isn't there a mag? Well, with there's well, two, aren't there two Magnificent two Sevens? Mag- yeah, yeah. So one is they're they're both remakes. I would say. See, that's I think what's also confusing you is so there's um, Yojimbo Samurai movie, and then there's A Fistful of Dollars, which is set in the West, the Old West. There, that's a remake, even though one went they went from Samurai to Old West. Mm-hmm. The sequence of events is the same. So it's a remake. Remake in a new setting. My is Magnificent Seven, the, the one with Yul Brenner. That's probably my favorite remake. What did you say yours would be, Scott? Or had you landed on one? Other, I haven't yet, like, a proper one. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were talking I think about if we that. open it up to be reboot, too, like, that, that's yeah. my favorite reboot for, or remake. Yeah, sure. Favorite revisit of something that was done before. Any also, like... Kevin Costner's Robin Hood would probably be in that category sure. too because it's such a fun lots of remakes of that movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. we got Russell Crowe's Robin Hood and there's another Robin Hood coming along now right with um, yeah so wait so those would be remakes so, or reboots I I could those could argue both ways actually I'll betcha because I th- well cause, I mean on it's the one hand it's the, the same legend the whole myth, time but I mean you, you spin out a new screenplay based on that right. myth yeah Cause that's fair Russell Crowe's was a prequel. Yeah. So Russell Crowe's was it took a reboot. So long to think of one because it was made a prequel. It really difficult. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So just favorite reboot slash remake, slash revisit of something that came before. So the Kevin Costner Robin Hood would be a remake because they did an Errol Flynn Robin Hood. Well, damn! In that Robin case, Hood. the animated Robin Hood with the fox. Yeah, that would count. I loved that movie. Yeah. I watched that so much as a kid. It was a danger of wearing out the video cassette, and I rewatched it a couple years ago on Netflix and enjoyed every minute. That's a more firm answer for you. That's there. my. Yeah. That's from another one where it's my homesick from from work a day to yeah. watch a movie. So okay, so here's another question. Say it's. A film version that's based on Shakespeare, 
but there isn't necessarily a film version that was previously made. Are you talking but, about Romeo and Juliet? No, I'm talking about She's the Man, <laughs> which is based on Twelfth Night. So it's not. I guess no, it's not counts. really a no, yeah, remake. Yeah. So even though there wasn't necessarily ad- like a okay film. remake slash reboot slash adaptation. No, no, we can't do that because well, if we say adaptation. There's, there's been twelve well, night movies. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's, that's yeah. No, you're right. Sure. You're right. No, you're, you, yeah. That, I mean, like Taming of the Shrew would, or uh, um, what is uh, the one with Heath Ledger and Twelve Things I Hate About You? Yes, that one is also that counts too. Yeah, which that, one was that? Twelve Things I Hate About You. So that's based yes, on Taming Amanda of Bonds? the Shrew. Oh, that's right. No, no, it's no. I'm thinking of She's the Man. Mm-hmm. Amanda Bynes. Um, Shrug. Though, I don't like her. What's her name? She wasn't in a whole lot after that. I don't know what she's talking about. I didn't, she's I didn't see it. <laughs> Why is uh. she terrible? <laughs> <laughs> There's uh It's funny too because my my wife and I will joke about her. Like I just don't like her. Like so many of the lines she delivers are just so like monotone and straight face. There's yeah, some series we... that she's been in recently where I think she's like. You know, Julia Stiles. Julia Stiles, thank there you. There it is. Where she's oh, like... I can't conjure a face for that Where she's like, um, you know, she's like a prostitute Was or she, something. I'm just, I'm going like to call girl. your phone here, Joel. And uh, one of her, one of her, um, one of her clients is like, oh, I can tell you have a lot of experience. And she's like, is that a compliment? And like the way she delivers it, like there's no sense of like, Hey, should I be insulted? Like, are you saying I'm like old, an old whore, or are you saying like I'm really good at what I do? And but she's just completely like stone faced about it, and it's just like, oh god, like, like, like I, I feel like oh she you, was Nikki Parsons in the Bourne movies, yep. yeah. Like I feel like your part as an actress is to kind of make me feel what your character's feeling, right. not be like I'm just gonna say the lines and you fill in the blanks. Yeah, but yourself. you don't know if the director told decided that she's been she terrible at everything she's been I can't agree with you at all because she was great in the Bourne movies <laughs> okay sure I saw a few of them and I was just like oh look it's Julia Stiles and then you just stop paying attention eh well I mean yeah it's just kind of like you know she I, I yeah. yeah I don't know maybe it's something about no, her face it's... isn't as expressive enough yeah. but yeah, so that, like there, there's a way to have delivered that line like I'm just having been a sex worker this whole time yeah I'm just so dead inside from well, and, it and that, but that, that, there's a way to convey that that would be different and, and that was the thing is like she had already kind of ruined it for me in other movies I had seen her in like leading up to that where it was just like and I remember seeing that being like oh look she's she's back to acting again like good for her and it was like oh that's why she's been gone for so long okay sure <laughs> so what is your answer though Tim <laughs> oh uh, she's was the man it, she's the man okay yeah so wait, wait. So wait, was that with Amanda Bynes? I'm yeah, confused. Yeah, that was the one with Amanda Bynes. Okay, yes. Were you the tampons up her nose? Yeah. Okay. That's straight from Shakespeare. Oh right, exactly. <laughs> yes, clearly. Uh, oh, I have one. Treasure Planet. Yes, that's yes. Yes, done. Thank okay. you. Thank you for reminding me of that. That one's perfect. There it is. That's a great remake. That's really yeah. cool. All right, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> no. All right, that was a, that, I won't say that was a good one, Joel, but it, was, it gave us a lot of content. It was one. But uh, thank you, thank you for Bronson. Yeah, that was watching that it. was an adventure. Absolutely, it is certainly a film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, thank you, thank you. And and I do know mm-hmm. more of what it is now. You know, after watching <laughs> it, I didn't know what it was, and now I know what it is. Yeah. So what is it? 
Um, he didn't lose the coin flip. Yeah, <laughs> damn it, you ruined it, Joel. I was going to make him do it. Uh, it is, oh, it is well. what it is. <laughs> oh, well done. Well played. It's Bronson so. Quay. Bronson. Well played. So next so, week. Yeah, this can. Next week? Next month. What? No, we're not no, doing no, that no. Yet. Don't do this to us. <laughs> yeah, all right. Wait, this concludes the first episode of 2019. Episode. 16. 16, was it? Yes, episode. Yes, episode yep. 16. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Joel. Thank you for yeah. ushering us into the new year. Mm-hmm. Next month, uh, I will be picking. Again, there's no theme here, but it, this is like the Skycallers. This is the other film, one of the ones I had in mind for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Of, I can't explain this to people in a way that will get them interested, but if we sit down and watch it, I think they'll enjoy it. It is called Mystery Train. I have it sitting here on the table. What year did this come out? In 1989 by Jim Jarmusch, sort of the, the director, the spearhead mm-hmm. of the project here arguably an anthology it's it takes place in memphis it's three stories about three different sets of people in memphis on the same night right whether they will or will not intersect and whether that changes its definition of an anthology or not up to you but yeah those three stories i'm really excited this uh you've been talking about this one for a while for a long time something else always slid into its place something like shin godzilla or whatever (laughs) but um I'm I was really forced excited. into place by my fandom. <laughs> but I watched this in my uh, film Intro to Film Elements class. One of the first ones we watched, actually. I think because it was in our unit on form, which was our first unit. It was, it was early on, and it was the moment I went, I need to buy this, and gotcha. I need to pay more attention to this class. Because <laughs> you know, it just it, it, it clicked. So. so I'm excited. Sweet. Finally. It's about time. <laughs> It feels vaguely familiar, like I, like elements about it. I'm like, have I have I seen this somewhere? And I, maybe. And I mean, there are definitely like you know, from my early twenties, a wash of movies that I saw. That's just like I think I saw this, but I couldn't recall a single right. scene about it. Suspiria is one of those. I think I think I did, but I don't remember because I I've <laughs> gone through half of it. And I'm really excited to see the rest of it and yeah. then see the reboot. Like I, I remember, remember, I remember going through being like, "Oh, I should, I should <laughs> yeah, see but this." I haven't seen yeah. it. You can't yeah. answer. Right. And I feel like I rented it and I and like okay, but like I there there was nothing that was like, "Oh man, I remember this part of Suspiria right. was it was just like, did, did I see that or was it something else? Mm-hmm. Was it so? Yeah, maybe it's in in that realm or like I'll see something where I'm like, "Oh, that looks really good." And I'll start watching it and be like, wait, I've seen this already. You know, like, right. it'll, it'll, so maybe, yeah, when we start watching it, it'll trigger whether or not I've seen it. Mm-hmm. It's a very 80s box. Like, the, 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 <laughs> the that's what I say. It's like the case, the, yeah. the, the, the picture and the font for the title, it, it has a very. Yeah. And the, with the MGM logo at the top, it's mm-hmm. like one of the first generations of DVD cases. Home video marketing <laughs> from, a, from a bygone era. Yeah. I'm excited for this one. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, we hope you'll be joining us next month, listeners. And we hope you've enjoyed, if you watched it with us, Bronson, that is to you say, if you, if you watched in preparation it. for the film, for the podcast, or if not, uh, not you've at least listening. <laughs> enjoyed, <laughs> enjoyed of that. Like, who's <laughs> like, I've never seen that movie. I do that all the time with movies I don't want to see, is I'll listen to podcasts about them, because then I get yeah. the gist of them. I did yeah. that with... Uh, Justice League. Well, <laughs> That's why I can discuss Justice League. <laughs> that, was, that was actually it's it's similar to that. I don't know if I if I told you guys. Um, uh, Leslie Jones like live tweeted like 
herself watching The Shape of Water. Oh, yeah. And, like, like had, like, clips of it and then her kind of talking over it. And that's how, like, I'm, I I don't need to see that movie now. Like, I've seen her version of it. the best audio and commentary it can't ever. ever. be better than that, yeah. That should be a yeah. DVD feature. It's just the tweets coming up. It was amazing. It was just, like, I got the whole, I got the gist of it, too. It was just like, oh, okay, that's that's that guy. Okay, I get what he's about. Okay, there's this. Oh, okay, she had sex with the thing. Okay, <laughs> okay all right. And we're done. Okay, good. That's He pulled his fingers off. I got that. Okay, good. Well, if you aren't put off, uh, we hope you'll be joining us next <laughs> month for Mystery Train. Maybe, maybe that's what I'll bring to, to, to my pick in, you know, in two months will be the tweets of Leslie Jones <laughs> of The Shape of Water. Oh, We're not going to watch the actual thing. We're I'm just sure watch that someone out there has, like has made a put it all together into a single filmic package. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah. I mean, you can kind of just, if you go through her feet, it's all in a row, so it's just, like, all there. You just gave me an idea, and you're going to be sorry you gave it to me. Was that? It's a surprise for another time, I'm afraid. Okay. <laughs> um, but, but anyway, if you, uh, we, we hope you enjoyed this listeners. We hope to be back next month. Uh, thank you very much, and good night. Bye. Bye. Hey, listeners, we appreciate you tuning in for our podcast. We're now available on iTunes if you'd like to check us out there. We'd be glad to have you subscribe. We'd also love to hear your feedback, whether it's a comment, review, or anything else. You can reach us all through our official Nerds That Geek emails, which you can find on the bio page at nerdsthatgeek.com. Or, if you can find us on social media, I'm on Instagram at scott underscore w underscore murray. And then on Instagram and Twitter, I'm at joelt18. And on Instagram, I'm the Tim Gerard, and on Twitter, I'm at Tim Gerard. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope you'll come back for more. Thank you.